Hello, hello, my friends, my family, my community, my tribe. Welcome to the Hippie Moms Podcast. Here we are. Happy day to you, my friends. Okay, so um, this is such an amazing podcast with uh, Therese Hensler. I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of go into um, who she is and what she's all about. And what we're going to be talking about today. But first, of course, we're going to hear from our sponsor. Um, and today, our sponsor is um, is actually it's a supplement line, a libido supplement line that one of my favorite people in the world, uh, Susan Bratton, who has been on the podcast. It's actually um, her podcast is the number one listened to podcast about sex, and um, she created this. Uh, beautiful, clean, organic line of libido supplements. Um, the first one is called Flow, and this is the first organic nitric oxide supplement. Um, and here's the thing: our the the body does with as we age stops creating nitric oxide, and as that declines, the thing is, is we really need it for our health and blood flow. So supporting your nitric oxide production not only increases your body's ability to send more blood flow where you need it. Um, but it also helps you feel more uh, turned on. Yes. Um, I take this every single night. I take two before I go to bed, and I, I just love it. I feel like I have more energy, more vitality. It's super clean. It's made from real whole foods. And then she has a whole uh, desire trio of libido supplements. And these are um, they're almost multivitamins that are made for both men and women that support our body. Um, they basically help us regenerate our sexual hormones, support our sexual desire. They're made with super smart micronutrients from botanicals and active compounds that are backed by scientific evidence. So if you're interested in these, um, go ahead and check out the link below. That'll take you to my resources page. Um, I'll also put the two links directly if you want to look into them. Um, I'm a huge fan, and I think I know as I've aged, um, my libido's decreased, and you know what? That's kind of part of it, I think, in just the world we live in, but we need to just support our body in that realm, so highly recommend it um, because I want you having amazing sex. We all deserve that. We or, we deserve having orgasms until we die, you guys. Um, that's our birthright, and so I want you to check them out, okay? You need help in that department. All right. Who doesn't? Who doesn't need help in that department? Um, okay, so... Therese um, Hensler is a beautiful soul. I cannot wait for you to hear this podcast. She is a, I like to call her an integrative uh, psychotherapist. She practices in Scottsdale, Arizona, and she specializes in providing therapeutic services to adolescents, parents, adults, and families. Um, and what she does is she takes this integrative approach to counseling using methods that appreciate the importance of healing the body and brain as a whole. So she truly supports people on their life journey. Um, I love this. She believes every person has the capacity to make bold choices, uh, that realize compassion, personal fulfillment, and positive potential in life. And her goal is to provide a supportive and safe environment for clients to heal while developing an authentic self, building resilience, and living more wholeheartedly. Um, she believes that we can all heal from trauma and and our relationships are vital to that. We actually heal in our relationships, you guys. And I just love this conversation so much because uh, it really resonates with me. I'm really on a journey to healing 
Uh, we have to heal our triggers. We have to heal those parts of us, the shadows within us, uh, so that we can experience life wholeheartedly. We can show up as who we're meant to be. And uh, we, this conversation was so much fun. I hope you just tune in, love and enjoy it. And um, without further, further ado, let's get into it. I want to talk about what somatic experiencing is. Like, what right. is it? Because it's, it's something that I've heard a little bit about. It's not very mainstream, but I love stuff that's not mainstream. Right, right. I... I think that we all have that nudge to divert mm-hmm. from mainstream. Yes. Divert yeah. away from mainstream as far away as possible. Well, and I often find that the mainstream isn't uh, what fits all of us. And so we need to find the path that fits our individual selves and our own journeys. And So somatic experiencing is a body-oriented approach to how to heal stress and trauma that's stored in the body. So we work with the nervous system and teach people how to regulate the nervous system. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes I see people that are stuck in different different forms and self-protective responses. Um, now everything that we ex- it, we experience in life, uh, we store in our body. So that stress accumulation over time affects how we live, mm. and um, and so I help work with people in how to regulate that. So is it a, is it a process of releasing the stress? Is it integrating? Because I know that a lot of times when we have these traumatic experiences, or we're not, you know, we don't feel safe in our environment, right? With our family or in certain situations, we store that right in our body. And so is this type of therapy, is it a way to kind of release and kind of integrate it back? Cause I feel like sometimes we become fragmented. Like we're, you know, we we're in that fight or flight and we, we just want to survive. So, so much, our body does these kind of crazy things And our mind does to keep us feeling safe, but we're really, we haven't really dealt with that particular trauma. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes. And so we, we create this, what it's called is a, in, in the language of somatic experiencing, we call it a faux window of safety. Mm -hmm. So we have a window of tolerance that we work within throughout our lives. And over time, that window can get smaller and smaller based on how safe we feel. So then we create these, what is called these defensive accommodations and these defense mechanisms that can, that help us give this false sense of safety when actually underneath the layer underneath our skin or nervous system is a tremendous amount of energy that's accumulating Mm. underneath. So when I work with people, the defensive accommodation or that defense can show up as drinking, it can show out, show up as all different types of numbing patterns. It can show up as overworking, people pleasing, um, all to create this sense of safety because oftentimes in that state, we are literally living in survival. And Mm -hmm. as we know, living in survival isn't sustainable. No. Mm -mm. So what a session looks like would be to 
slow things down and to be in our bodies Mm -hmm. so that we can learn and experience what it's like to feel. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes that feeling though is overwhelming. So it's very, what we call titrated. It's very small um, and incrementally and incrementally moving instead of just throwing you into the story or throwing you into, oh, let's talk about everything that's overwhelming and, and hard. It's a, okay, let's, let's touch on these situations or experiences that create a sense of um, big energy or big feelings, which put us in that state of fight, flight, freeze, and then go back to that ease. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a back and forth movement Mm. and it's really metaphorical because when we are stuck in those states and we're in that self-protection, there isn't a movement. And so when in session we go into, we touch into maybe those stressful experiences and then we weave back in, okay, well, what do you notice that brings you ease or that lightness? So, um, it's a very, you use that, that word flow earlier, there's a flow and there's a rhythm to it. And then that creates more of a sense of safety because mm. then we realize, oh, okay, I'm, I'm not stuck. I'm not in mm. this frozen state. I'm actually dynamic and I'm moving and I can then feel safe to socialize and meet people. And I think um, in the state that we're in, in this country, I see an incredible amount of immobilization mm-hmm. where we feel that stuckness. And so um, when we feel that ease, we can move into socializing and having conversations and seeing each other and enjoying each other. Oh, it's so, and it's so important. I mean, that having connection and being connected, it, it's really a primal need. I mean, we, it's Absolutely. how we survive and that's why I think this has been so devastating for so many people, you know, and I just think about the older people, but okay, I can totally, I don't yeah. know, you know, and I turn, turn the conversation <laughs> because it's really interesting. You know, it's what I'm hearing is it's literally feeling those feelings that we're trying to always oppress and the energy it takes to oppress those feelings day to day to day, is that what is creating the fight or flight? Because we're not willing to deal with these big things that that kind of are like this, you know, those hundred pound baggages that we're just like pulling with us instead of just being like, oh, let me let me look in the baggage, let me kind of clear out some stuff, um, you know, rather than just holding it around. Is, is that what is creating that stress within us? Is just not dealing with it. Um, so I think, uh, not dealing it, not dealing with it. And also sometimes we don't know how to deal with it. Yes. Um, if we don't have a roadmap of how to, you know, deal with, or in other word, cope with our stressors, we're going to just build more and more and more Mm self-protection. And so a lot of these things, um, as far as learning how to cope or deal with these stressors, are learned during our childhood. Yes. And if we, and if we are, we learn how to navigate through our world as children with our caregivers, if we don't have a safe caregiver who knows how to, you know, quote, deal with their stuff, 
yeah. we're going to learn different, different accommodations and different behaviors yes. to then live, go out and live our lives and be adults and do our own business. Mm. Um, that, uh, and so when we have all these stressors that are accumulating, we often don't even know that we're doing it, <laughs> but it's so, it's so subconscious. It's, Right. Because it feels safe. It feels yes. safe doing it. And we don't and see it. We don't see it at all because it's just kind of our norm. Right. Right. Yeah. But it comes out in the, the pathology of it comes out in our relationships. It mm -hmm. comes out in um, different things that we might do throughout the day that then we realize, oh, this isn't actually helpful. Mm -mm. The, um, the drugs and the alcohol, the, the yelling, the all those things aren't actually helping me. It's actually harming mm -hmm. that connection, that socialization that we all need to heal. Mm. You know, we're not healing if we're in a state of activation. Mm. We're in the, that fight, flight, conservation right. state, mm -hmm. which is, it, it just takes a tremendous toll on our physiology. Yes. And so having conversations like this, like, I see you, I hear you, I understand you. That's where we heal. Mm. And, um, and so we really, we really need to go back to that human connection, that, yes. that part of that part of humanity and actually uh, noticing each other. Cause that's where, that's where we all, I, I, I can't stress that enough. We, we heal in relationships. Oh, I love that. And I want to unpack that a little bit, but I want to back up a little bit. Okay. Sure. I, I love this idea of healing and relationships. And I, I feel, um, well, I'll, let's get into it. But okay, can we talk, can we talk about the subconscious? Like, because this is one thing I really want people to understand is a lot of these things that that don't serve us or that we're dealing with happened before we were you know, conscious. I mean, we were developing yep. our subconscious before the age of six. Is that, is that correct? Six, oh yeah. Seven? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, the, the, there are so many theories on consciousness, yeah. um, but we, so essentially we start, so development starts at the form at conception and we have a, we development through a sequence. So we de our development has building blocks. Mm -hmm. And if there is an interruption in the development at a certain building block, then that disrupts our, our, our life. Mm -hmm. yes. So, um, so it, when I hear people saying like, oh yeah, people don't remember things before the age of five. Yes, they do. <laughs> um, we have memory, even in utero, our, our, our bodies remember all of it. So um, when I work with people who have, uh, who have trauma, it's often even before, it, it, at the very beginning of life. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, so, and that's really important to know because yeah. when people experience certain things in very early childhood, people will say, oh, there's no way that they, that, that affected them. They're only one or they're only two, or they weren't even born yet. Um, but I think we need to include that when we're working with people in relationships, because mm -hmm. it, it's an important part of their story. Oh, it, I, okay. I love this because 
one, we have no control over this time of our life, you know, so we can, um, a lot of times we can kind of blame ourselves for these things or we blame parents, but it's also this idea of we're continuing to pass these, this cycle, right? The pain, the triggers, the traumas, like we pass that on to our kids. I've, I've passed that on to my kids, like even early on when I was, you know, a mom, I wasn't care- taking care of myself. I was, you know, overwhelmed. I was stressed. I was yelling. I mean, there are specific moments I remember where I was just, uh, you know, and I'm sure that's how my mom was, you know, because she didn't deal with her stuff. I didn't know that I had stuff to deal with until, you know, I mean, I've been doing the work for a while, but it, <laughs> but it, it but it really does. It's, it's helping people understand that these things that happened early on in our lives greatly impact our life. And if we're not able to heal, you know, ourselves, we're going to continue to pass that on to our kids. And it's going to be this cycle, right? It's all that breaking cycle. Yes. And I think the important thing is, is to try not to blame, uh, try not to blame ourselves, try not to blame um, our parents or our parents' parents and that hold the generations of yellers. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I, and, and to go into the softening of humanity you know we're all we all have a, those human parts that that get irritated and angry and mad and and that's actually showing us oh I have boundaries <laughs> like yes. anger anger is a is a formation of oh I have a boundary that I I need to say no or I need to move throughout in a different way and and it's really important to be able to I, circling back. And I know that I know in your, in your experience of what you've shared too, the importance of circling back when we mess up. Yeah. Um, but when we're as parents, when we're in those places where we're not in tune with our bodies, where it's like, where we parent from that fight or flight or not even present, mm-hmm. um, that is so, so, so important. That is a very, I can't express this enough, how important it is to land in our bodies before we say something to our children. Um, And there are lots of different ways that we can do that. And I can talk Mm -hmm. you through some of them. Yes. Um, But if we're parenting from disassociation where we're not in our bodies or we're in that like anger or yelling our kids aren't even hearing us. They're just, cause they're going into a state of fear or anger back. I mean, they're going to be reactive. And then what do we have then? It just, yeah, it's, a mess. it's a mess. It's a mess. Yeah. Jinx. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mess. Not a Coke. I don't want a Coke. <laughs> I, I just thought that too. I was like, no, maybe like a natural. I'm a green <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, I, I love this so much because, you know, it's, it's so funny. I remember catching myself yelling at my kids early on being like yelling at them to tell them to stop yelling. <laughs> I was like, Oh my gosh. Right. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like this. And, and I just remember catching myself. I'm like, I am the biggest hypocrite in the whole world. And, and we can go into the mom guilt and all that, but it's like, we, okay, we need to stay out of that, but let's like, let's get into the body because this is what's so beautiful and so perfect timing for this conversation, because I've been doing a lot of work on like being in my body 
being like, when I'm stressed, when I'm triggered, come back. Where's the energy? Where do I feel it? Breathe into it. Love it. Accept it. Like constant, constant coming back. And it has been transformative because it brings you into the present and our body's always present. It's our mind that is thinking of these stories, these situations are dealing with these triggers, right? Because it's like a program. And then the body doesn't know that what the mind's thinking is real or not. It thinks that what we're thinking is real. And so, right. the body, you know, gets into that state. And so it's, it's really like coming back into the body. Can we talk about that? How do we do that? How do we come back? How do we connect? Yes. So, so it's, the interesting thing is, is that sometimes it doesn't feel safe to go directly in the body. So we have to go outward to go inward. Mm. So if let's say my kid is had like, I'm like, go pick up your shoes, go put them away. <laughs> and I've asked him like 5,000 times, which that is a true story. Yeah. <laughs> go put your shoes away. Go Take put your shoes, shoes away. away. Yeah. And then now I'm just like escalating, escalating, escalating. They're still not hearing me because my tone of voice is at a state where they're just tuning me out. And that happens. Yeah. We literally can't hear certain tones and certain voice prosody some certain state. So we just tune them out. Um, so when we are, when I'm activated or when I'm in that, that sympathetic state nervous system and I'm yelling, then they're not going to hear me. They're going into fight, flight, freeze themselves. What I would do is, okay, inside there's so much energy. I, it does not feel safe in my body. Like my body is like mm-hmm. going to explode. Mm-hmm. So I might not tune in. What I would do is tune outward mm-hmm. into the environment and connect with something that feels safe. Ooh. So it's like, you just look around, say, oh, okay. That beautiful picture that my son drew is, oh, that helps me calm down a little bit more. Mm. Or maybe it's, I look outside and I notice the trees. Oh, I just noticed a little bit deeper breath. That feels even safer. So I connect outward to connect inward. Mm. And so when I connect with my outer experience and the outside world feels safe, then that helps me feel safer in my body. And it's also bringing you almost into presence because if you're noticing something, yes, yes. So you're, so then you're noticing something, something that's not conflicting or causing your body to more of that angst, then Mm -hmm. it's almost like, okay, I feel calmer. You know, that's, that's so interesting because one of the things I would always do is go out on the grass. I'd always go put my feet on the earth. Like when I just like, Oh, I'm going to explode all over someone. I'm so sorry. Hold on real quick. I'll edit this part. I'm sorry. I'll edit it. No worries. Oh, my dogs. Okay. Should have done that earlier. I just love the natural light. Okay. All right. Back into it. Um, so it's, so I would put, I would go and put my feet on the earth and I would just feel immediately like, okay, okay. I got this, but I still wasn't coming inside. So what happens after we get that kind of in a connection with our environment. So then going back inward and checking in and saying, Oh, okay. I feel a little bit lighter or I mm-hmm. my breath is a little bit more expansive. I feel a little bit less like punching a wall yes, <laughs> like yes. that. It, and, 
and it will happen when when we when we connect with our outside world in a safe way that immediately sends a signal to our brainstem that says okay there's no danger you're all good you're safe to look around and move move about the cabin or the house mm-hmm. or wherever you're at yeah. and and then another thing is too is before you know the meta you know the story how I would go in and say hey you know pick up your shoes taking a moment and being with him like or being with your child and saying okay that didn't really feel good when I was yelling right so you can have that connection Mm. and then okay let's go do this together what what do you need for me in order to help you get yeah. this done. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> it needs to get done. Yes. Yes. People are going to trip over your shoes and we need to get them out of the way. Yeah. So maybe it's just annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> like it's so annoying. Like just, yeah. Like pick up your damn shoes. Yeah. I'm hundred percent, hundred percent. The shoes are a metaphor for so I mean, many things. So many things. So many. So many. Yes. I, you know, that's, um, this is so important as we, as moms, as we begin to evolve, because I I really do believe we're being called as mothers to evolve and to heal um, because I see it like the world cannot continue down this path. So I feel like what you're doing is, is, you know, you're, we're like collectively steering this huge giant, um, you know, the world's steering wheel and we're just, you know, moving it. And somatic experience is part of that talk. You know, it's part of like, okay, let's recalibrate. Let's figure out a way that we can heal our own stuff. Um, so what are, what are some other, so I think this would be so helpful in a sense of what are some other tips and techniques that moms can use in those moments? So we're, we're connecting with our outside environment we're, we're kind of coming back in. We're just taking some breaths, right? Breathing, um, you know, and, and working in the somatic experiencing, what are some other things that you help guide your clients to? And what's beautiful, everyone, is that Therese is so here and available to actually work with people. And that's why I wanted to bring her on because so many people don't understand this type of, um, you know, healing is available. And so I just think that's so amazing. So we'll talk more about that. But what are some other things that you help you know, that these moms can take away and be like, okay, I have some things that I can do that I can implement. Yeah. So that connecting with the outside world, that that's what I, that's, what's called orienting. So you're actually, um, moving your, your brainstem. So you're using your chin and neck to look around the room and to look with curiosity, almost as if you're a little kid, you know, like when little kids run into a room and they like look under everything and explore. Yeah. So looking at the, the environment with that type of curiosity, now what that does is that engages the brainstem and sends a signal all the way down into the gut and the brain and all that connect, connection yeah. says you're safe. So that, I, I, that is one of the best tools that I talk about with clients because it, it literally shifts the physiology, stress physiology in like 30 seconds. That's amazing. Yeah. So simple. Right. And so, and the other thing too, is that when we can do it with whoever we're with, so not only are we regulating ourselves, we're co-regulating with the person with us. So that could be our child or our partner or whoever we're sitting with in, in a state that could be a little bit more of a, that sympathetic arousal state and to help calm that down. 
So a way to do that with kids would be to play I spy. You're naturally moving your head around, looking around with curiosity. Um, and you can play the I spy, like what do you see, you know, looking for something red, or you could do um, another way is to look for a rainbow. So three things that are red, three things that are orange, so you, can, you know, the colors of the rainbow. That's a, um, I love that game. That's a great game. Yeah. And it's, and it's fun. And, and when we teach our kids this, they can even do it on their own. I mean, my kids now know like, what can you do to calm your body? You mm -hmm. can orient and you know, they get little, sometimes they get a little pushback because you know, they're like, mom, you're such a therapist, <laughs> but <laughs> But it works and that brings humor in it too. Yes. Yeah. Um, so orienting is huge. Um, another tool is self-compassion. When we are kind and loving to ourselves, yes. we are able to see ourselves. We are then able to see our kids. Oh, so can you say that one more time? That was so beautiful. <laughs> when we're able to see our kids, Mm -hmm. or, or us yes yes <laughs> us yes when we're able to see ourselves we're able to see our children oh, I love um, so much yeah if I'm if I'm telling myself I'm a bad parent and I suck that's how I'm going to treat my kids oh my gosh exactly it's going to come out that way yes. we're going to even if behind the scenes we're saying oh no I love my kids I love my kids they're great it's going to filter in into the language and the wording that we use kids are so intuitive. They know when we are pulling a fast one over them. Yeah. So if we're in a state of shame and I, I'm a horrible person, they're going to pick up on it. So mm. having a self-compassion practice is huge. It's huge. Um, Kristen Neff and Christopher Germer um, have on their website, they have a ton of resources on this. So I, I encourage everyone to um, look at their work. It's really phenomenal. Kristen um, Neff and what? Yeah, Kristen Neff and Christopher Germer. Okay, I'll, uh, I will try and remember that in the show notes. Yeah, yes, they're, they're fantastic. And, um, this, and this is relating to self-compassion. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's Kristen Neff, she literally wrote the book. Oh. <laughs> self-compassion. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's wonderful. That's, you know, that's so, I want to dig into self-compassion a little bit because, you know, I think ugh, we need it so much as moms and we just give ourselves such a hard, well, everybody needs it, but we're talking about hippie moms here. Um, you know, we, we are just so hard on ourselves and we, and we get into that guilt spiral and it's just so hard sometimes to get out of it. And so what are like, you know, what are some ways that you embody self-compassion? How do you, how do you, yeah, yeah, let's go there. <laughs> so first I would like to say self-compassion is a practice. It's yeah. not a destination. I often hear that people are like, oh, I don't get it right. I suck at self-compassion. <laughs> I'm like, well, <laughs> we're all learning. Yeah. We are all learning and it's a practice. Uh, I think you know, for me, some of the things that I, I do in that, just noticing my self-talk and having that awareness and with that awareness, then we can make a different choice. Yeah. So noticing, oh, wow, I, my shoulders are really tense. Huh? How am I talking to myself right now? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, not very good. Not, I'm not talking yeah. to myself in a very kind way. 
So when we see our, again, when we see ourselves, we can see our children. Um, and when I have more self-compassion with myself, then I also reduce my stress hormones, my, all that stress in my body. So I'm no longer internally in that state of fight flight. Mm -hmm. Um, so having a, what's called a self-compassion break saying things like this moment is hard. This isn't going to last forever. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm doing my best things like that to have some sort of mantra to help calm ourselves in those Mm -hmm. moments. Mm -hmm. And then also connecting with people who get it, like calling a friend and saying, Hey, I just yelled at my kid today. I feel so awful. And then a loving friend will say, Oh, I totally get it. You're human. Yes. So talking to your talking to ourselves and having that language for ourselves as if we were talking to ourselves as a friend. Oh, I love that. It's like being your own friend. It's like being your own support, support. Absolutely. I love that. Yes. Yes. to that. And the, and the majority of the time, I mean, I won't say all the time, but a lot of the time when we are not kind to ourselves, it is reminiscent of some sort of a childhood thing. Yes. We treat Um, ourselves the way we were potentially treated right in that subconscious creation time. So, so it's important to have that awareness too of, Oh, okay. I I'm going back in time here and then going back in the present moment um, and having that, that mindfulness of self-kindness and Mm -hmm. caring for ourselves that we may not have had when we were kids. Yes. So we're being present to ourselves. Yes. I love that. My, um, one of my good friends, Angela says, it's like the, being your own enlightened parent. Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Isn't that good? Because it is, it's coming in and being that unconditional love acceptance and compassion for Mm -hmm. this experience. And I've really started to like hug myself and like hold myself And just be like with that emotion and just like, it's, you know, it's, this is healing is through the feeling, right? We have to feel to heal. And I want to extend that into, so, you know, to, we talked about orienting, orienting ourselves or or, orienting. (laughs) Yeah. I get caught up on the simplest words and signs. It's so weird. And my husband, you get mad at me in a loving way, but so orienting ourselves. And then, and then coming back in doing the rainbow game. I love that. I spy moving the neck around is helping us, um, starting to really, um, get out of that fight or flight state, the self-compassion freaking love that. And now how can we, can we talk and touch on before we wrap this up, like healing in relationships, like how relation, how, how does that happen? Because in a way, I really see that um, my relationships are the most perfect place for me to heal, and 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 they and my my soul people that I'm with in my life are here to teach me how to heal. And a lot of times we want to project it on other people, or we want to think it's other people's fault. But maybe can you help us turn that perspective a little bit into like how relationships help us heal? Maybe give us a little bit more of a kind of. Um, 
something around that. I don't have the right word, but you know what I mean. Do you? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'll try to figure you, it out. You know what I mean. <laughs> so, so I mean, the physiology of it is that when we are when we are in connection in relationship, we're in that state of social engagement, mm. and when we are in that it's going into the complicated vagus nerve, but when our, when yeah. we're in that, in that part of our nervous system in that it's, it's that, what is it? The ventral vagal part of the nervous, the vagus nerve, we are socially engaged. We are connected. I'm seeing me, I'm seeing you, you're seeing me. And there's that co-relationship mm-hmm. when we're in that state, our physiology is there is a, there, now I'm trying to find the words. That's okay. Too. Take your time. We're in, there's a cohesion. Yeah. Um, and so, and it feels good. Mm-hmm. And that we're also, when we're in relationship and we're caring for one another, we're also releasing oxytocin. So there's that cuddle hormone going on. Yeah. Um, we need relationships to grow and thrive. And that happens from the moment we're born we, we are meant to live and breathe and be with each other. Mm. And that isolation, we're not meant to live alone in that, in isolation. And so, Mm. and when we're in isolation, that's when so much pathology happens. And so is that answer your question? Healing happens and we, and and also, yeah. Yeah. We, we need that human connection and real and real connection. And that's, that's why, you know, one thing I've done is like when I'm at home with my kids, like I do not get on my phone at all. Like my phone's off because you can't connect. Like they'll come up and talk to me. Maybe if I'm, I'm, I'm texting my husband or something, I'll say, I want to hear everything you have to say. I need to send daddy a text message. That's it. But I think that that's, we're so disconnected now. One, we're living in isolated ticky tacky houses where we used to be in a community. We used to live with our grandmothers and our aunts and our sisters and everyone lived together and we supported each other. And now we're all isolated. And now we're on technology, which kind of is a fake connection. And then this whole thing with COVID, we've become more disconnected. So now is like the most important time in human history to get back to that connection for our health and everyone's health. Yeah, we, we have a need to belong Mm. and, and in that belonging, we matter. Yes. And, and it starts with belonging to ourselves, mattering to ourselves. I love that. And when we matter to ourselves, we then teach our children, you matter too. Mm. And you can have both. It's not that I'm choosing myself as a mom over you as a, you know, as, right. as a child, mm-hmm. but there's that I'm here for me and I'm here for you too. Yes. And, and then that also teaches our kids those that sense that I matter. And yes. I love that you turn your phone off. I need to, I need to practice that more frequently. Also, I, I think it's a, it's, it's so interesting how that that connectedness in real time is what matters the most. Yes. Yes. I, and I, and I just really had to get there through feeling so disconnected from my kids. I mean, I was, and you know, um, I'm going to do a whole podcast on this, this whole experience, but you know, we got into that like numbing, 
this is too much with COVID and financial stress and all the things, all the, all the things. And it was just like, everyone was, I remember one night, my husband and I were watching something and both boys were doing their own thing. And I'm like, we've been doing this so long. I felt so disconnected from my kids. And I was like, no more, this is it. And now we don't have screens during the week. Like I'm off my phone. It's a parenting is a lot harder, but it's so much so much richer. It's so much better in my household because I can like sit there. I, I take time. I sit down. I look into my kids' eyes, even if writer's telling me the longest story in the whole entire world. And I'm like, so not interested. I'm like, I'm, I'm trying here, you know, but it, uh-huh. but it, but it matters. And, you know, this idea of us being compassionate with ourselves and taking care of ourselves, it is, it's really filling that cup so that we can overflow and be present with our children. Because if we're not caring for ourselves, there's no way we can be present. There's no way we can be and hold space for someone else if we are drained and frustrated and, you know, resentment and all the things. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And that resentment is a sign of, of not having boundaries too. Mm. So it's when we, when we are able to ask ourselves, what do I need and what do I want in this moment? It's, we can, we can offer that to ourselves and then teach our children, what do you need and what do you want in this moment? Um, instead of maybe doing it for them or having them figure it out themselves, it, there are really so many teachable moments as adults and with our kids, it's unending. (laughs) And, and I think the thing is, is going back to not blaming or, mm. or if we do go into blame or if we do go into shame, we can get out of it through connecting with people and mm. telling each other our stories so that we know that we're not alone in this because yes. we're not, we're not, we're not. And I think that's one of the, the, the biggest, um, the things that, well, I don't really know the word, but like what moms feel in this experience of motherhood is it feels so lonely. It feels so alone. And this has been a huge part of my mission is like, no, you're not alone. Like this stuff happens. It motherhood sucks. It hurts. It's messy. And then it's, it's all of it. It's all the human experience. And you are held, you know, by a community. If you can, you just, you need to connect to a community and find your people and find your tribe. And yeah. And I, I, and I think that's important and also reach out to people like you that can hold that space for them, you know, cause most people don't have the tools to heal yeah. and to work through the stresses in their lives. Well, and, and two, it's a, it's a, be gentle with ourselves. It's like, that is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, a lot of times people look at me and they're like, oh, well, you must know. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm I working, I'm, I'm figuring this out too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think perfection isn't the destination. It's, it's learning and, and doing the best that we can through the most loving and compassionate way that we're capable of. Mm-hmm. And that can expand too. our loving, compassionate way yesterday might expand from day to day because we're learning. We're not stagnant. So I would say to the the moms or parents out there who are really struggling and feeling like, oh, I don't even know where to start. The place to start is loving ourselves Mm. and compassion for ourselves. And I guarantee uh, without a doubt, I, I 
don't like to always say like, this is unequivocally true, but this is very true. That if we start to have a loving relationship with our own selves, then that will change everything for us. I, I am such an advocate for women and moms taking care of themselves because, well, I know what it's like not to. And it is on the other side of caring, loving, being compassionate for yourself is freaking amazing. And it, and it really helps you, you know, it just, you, you show up for yourself. You show up as the better, as the best version of you. And then, you know, it takes work because we're, we're, we have to clean out the filters. We have to, you know, um, really look at our conditioning and it's, 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 it's day to day. You're right. There's no journey in this or there's no destination. It is this process and journey that is, is what life is all about. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, when some people say like, Oh, well, I can't love myself because of something that I did in the past or something mm-hmm. that I said, mm-hmm. um, one of the most impactful thing that I've learned as far as that goes is that forgiveness isn't, isn't a, um, working through it. You can't like work and work and work to get forgiveness. Forgiveness is a choice. Mm-hmm. So when we say, I forgive myself for whatever happened in the past that we may have done the, in that decision, then we have that empowerment for ourselves to love ourselves and to have more compassion, even mm-hmm. deeper. Yes. So, um, I would just like to offer that cause that, that was huge for me in all of the mistakes that I've made is that for forgiving ourselves is huge. Oh, it's huge. And the, you are not that past version of you. That was just no. the past version doing the best that she could in what she yeah. knew and in those circumstances. And so it's like being compassionate for your past self mm-hmm. and loving that and saying, you know what? And now is a new moment. It's a new day. It's a new opportunity to truly embody what matters. And yeah, oh, I love this conversation. <laughs> I could do it all day. Oh my gosh, me too. This is like this. Oh, the podcast has been such a blessing because I'm able oh, to connect with people like you that are, you know, and just giving giving these women a new and different perspective and new way of looking at things. And it's just freaking beautiful. I love it. It really is. Well, and it's such a it's such a gift that you are opening up in your own vulnerability and sharing your stories so that that people don't feel like they're alone. I think that's so important. It's like, Oh, wait, I'm not the only one that this happens to or, and then that goes back to that sense of belonging. And yes, Yes. we need to belong and we do belong and you, and you do matter and you are so worth and worthy of loving and taking care of yourself and being compassionate And I love, I love when you said, um, you know, the softening of humanity, like we have to soften within ourselves and then we can soften with others and others can soften with Mm -hmm. others. And it's just this, this ripple effect. That's why we always have to go within. It's like, it always happens here because what we do then extends outside of us. And it's just, it's beautiful. It really is. And it's so the opposite than what I learned or what I was conditioned to believe is that I have to try and control everybody else. And so it's just a beautiful reminder for all of us. So, okay. So how, how do people work with you? I'm so curious. Like, how do you operate? And so if someone hears this and they're like, I need, I need this, I need to get into my parasympathetic state. I have trauma. Like, how does that look? I'm so curious. Um, so like, how would they 
see me, like a scheduling with me, or how do I work in the office? Yeah, so do so you obviously do online, right? You do. Yeah, so I have, so I do Zoom um, for virtual meetings, and then I have in-person sessions. Great. And there's also somatic experiencing on their website. There are also local practitioners in every state, so that's also a wonderful, um, yeah, I think it's traumahealing.org. Okay. If you Google somatic experiencing, um, that will populate. I'll make sure that we do that. And you are you are in you're in Scottsdale, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of Arizona listeners, so um, I will make sure that I have your contact information as well um, in the show notes. So if you want to get a hold of Trace, you can do that. She's just absolutely lovely. And Trace, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. I know I did. I had to twist her arm a little bit. <laughs> It's beautiful. What you have to share is so great. And I want to have more conversation on this. So everyone, thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you have taken away so many beautiful little nuggets and we will catch you on the next Hippie Moms podcast. Bye.